0: So the last time that um, I ragged this much on the Democrats, I received death threats. So I'm, I'm hoping that that doesn't happen again this time, but you know what? Come what may, that's just, that's just how we roll. So welcome back to episode number two of You Can't Handle the Truther. I am your host, Anton Sawyer, and with me as always is my sidekick, Nic- I'm
1: Nicole West.
0: Yes. <laughs> now, though, what we usually do is we will look at uh, a specific article and break that down and dissect it and things like that. Um, today, I mean, the, the podcast today is going to have that element to it because you can go to IndieTruther.com and find the 40 years of democratic hypocrisies and it's it's like when you watch when you read a clockwork orange versus watching the movie and especially if you read the edition that has the last chapter i mean yeah it's it's the same but it's 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 vastly different because this is going to go more so through the last 40 eh, not quite 40 years of democrat hypocrisies as i have witnessed them and what made me ultimately not want to be a part of the democrat party and why i have such a distaste for them
1: why we are independent
0: yeah yeah it because I the thing is is there's a lot of people and we get a lot of comments on Twitter and things like that from people that are conservative that think that I am just this uber liberal and the site is just this uber liberal site where we want to have socialism reign supreme and burn down the Constitution and destroy everything that we have as an American society just to rebuild it into some liberal utopia right But that is simply not the case. And that is what we're going to do today is, although there are some elements which we'll go into later that I do agree with, by and large, I just can't get behind the party. Now, before we go too deep, I'd like to mention our sponsor. To quote Hedvig from the infamous Hedvig and the Angry Inch, it's me. So um, as I just mentioned, this broadcast is brought to you by me and my series called Debunking the PragerU Courses. This week in lesson 12, I learned that you can talk for five minutes and say absolutely nothing. The title of this course, why are so many Americans in prison, never gets answered, except maybe that all the needed bad people are behind bars and should stay there. Now it is important to remember that I, Anton Sawyer, only have but a high school diploma. And not only that, the diploma is from Rock Springs High School in Rock Springs, Wyoming, I've mentioned this before. It's not a place that is known for its educational qualities. So, given these lowly credentials, any place that calls itself a university should at the very least have the same knowledge and access to information that I do. And that's what the series is about. Each article breaks down a different PragerU course and points out their deception through facts and statistics. And let's just say so far they're batting a thousand but not in the way that they would like. So though we are a mere weeks away from Superstardom, every little bit at this point counts. So if you feel so inclined to donate to our cause, you can do so by visiting our coffee page, which is coffee.com slash indie truther. K
1: O dot com slash
0: indie Thank you. I didn't even think of that. <laughs> that the very good very good pickup. That's what I'm here for. Heck yeah. And you can buy us a coffee and, and I like I mean with I I have Crohn's disease, so I shouldn't drink coffee, but I you do. You know, I
1: think it'll be worth it.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. So so, if <laughs> if you, you want to uh, tickle our fancy with the coffee, just head over there to ko dot com slash indie truther. So, was there an event or a series of events, Nicole? Because you you share the same independent spirit as I. I do. Mm-hmm.
1: I do. I'm very independent.
0: So was there a, a an incident or or something that started? the bridge for you to this way of life
1: that started the bridge for me for this way of life the first time i ever had disdain for the party was actually in 2016 it was the first election i really thoroughly followed um i was really really hoping for bernie you know to be the dnc nominee but after what the dnc did to him to get hillary to be the nominee it just it left a very bad taste in my mouth
0: see and i'm with you there that that event my, my beginning goes back a, a few a few months, years earlier, which mm-hmm. I'll discuss, but really that's when things started to crumble for me. And we'll, we'll go into that a little bit, but my beginnings with the um, discontent that I have for the Democratic Party was in really the 1980s with Tipper Gore. Now, the, there was a thing, um, if you know your rock and roll history um, called the PMRC, which is a Parents Music Resource Center, and although I wasn't old enough to watch the hearings a few years later when I was, I, I watched them and it was so interesting because like these, I I, I didn't know Democrat, Republican. I was like- You were a kid. Yeah, I was a kid. I was like, this lady's mean to Dee Snider. <laughs> I don't, <laughs> I don't like her. Like that's, and, and it wasn't until years later um, when Bill Clinton w- had the presidency and Al Gore was the vice president and everything, that I, I made the association you and whatnot. You really
1: put it together then.
0: Yeah, but like this lady and her group went after all of the bands that I love, like Wasp and, and Twisted Sister and, and things like that. Um, so I just didn't like her based off that. Now, really in the 90s, I, you know, I was a kid and I just didn't care. <laughs> so I became completely indifferent and then the 2000s rolled around and Al Gore was running against George W. Bush and it was the first election I was voting in and I was like, you know what? I don't like either of these guys. I'm gonna be independent. So I've, I've been registered since day one as an independent, as unaffiliated. Oh, wow. Yes. Like, if if you look at my records, yeah. I
1: was registered as a Democrat for years before I switched to independent. Yeah, no, you that's... You were independent from the get-go, wow.
0: Right out of the... Well, that's because, I mean it was also because of I was young and stupid because I thought because I wanted to vote for Nader I thought I had to register with that party specifically oh, and since Nader was independent I was like I have to register as independent so I can vote <laughs> for Nader that's just how this is but I was like you know what no I'm I'm glad that I, I made that choice but I found that um you know voting for Nader I flushed my vote down the toilet and it it because I just couldn't get into like I hate a Tipper Gore. I, I be, started becoming politically aware in the 2000 election, and she, and, and I just didn't like Al Gore. I, I just did not like him, and George Bush was a buffoon. No way I was going <laughs> to vote for him. And so to me, Nader was the guy that was going to take down the businesses and this and that, so that's why I supported him, but I learned at that election, especially with how it turned out with the popular vote and everything, that, yeah, I just threw my vote away.
1: Oh, no. I, am. Um... I recognize that feeling, Anton, I really do. I did almost the exact same thing in the 2016 election. After what the DNC did to Bernie, I could not, I could not for- bring myself to vote for Hillary. And I knew there was no way, no way in hell I was ever gonna vote, put my vote for Trump, never. Yeah. It just. That's just out of the question. Mm -hmm. So what did I do? I threw my vote in the garbage
0: as well.
1: (laughs) I voted for Jill Stein. I took the ethical move. all the people like me who voted for jill stein and threw their votes away (laughs) if they would have just voted for hillary but you know that's what people say with bush too if they would have just voted for gore
0: oh yeah yeah and so that that's the thing because i I voted for hillary in 2016 and it's not because i was a big fan of hers like i just
1: because you learned from your mistakes yeah it's because (laughs) i saw what
0: happened with they and i'm like i can't do it again i watched what happened we got bush i'm not going to do this again and so like, I, I feel you, I understand, but yeah, I, I, it's not that I, again, wanted to vote for her, especially, and we'll get to that in a moment with what the DNC did, but, like, I just I just knew better than that, so.
1: Oh, well, next election, I'll learn from my mistakes, too. Yeah, what's really <laughs> interesting,
0: I mean, uh, to go off on a tangent in a second, what's real fun to do, if you're ever really bored is looking up the first like 10 elections in American history because there's like four or five candidates. You see what their positions are and you see kind of why they went to a two-party system because it was just drawing votes. Like there were some that would get like maybe 10% of the vote. What really what really set it up though is like with you? There, there were two events in the 2000s that really shaped and made me just... You know, because I, after the 2001 election, I was seduced by the Democratic Party. I really was. I was completely seduced. Thing. I supported LGBT rights. I, you know, I, I bought into all of it. I was like Rachel Maddow and MSNBC, and I was <laughs> drinking the Kool Aid as much as possible. And, all in. Oh, I was all in. I was totally all in for years. But then a couple of events in the mid-2010s really changed that. Now the first of them, these happened kind of in short succession of each other. So the first one um, was when I was doing music journalism, I got to work with a band um, called Black Pussy. And I had known about this band when I was writing for a statewide publication in Utah. This was just, this is where the death threats and everything came in. So. I had heard about them when i was a writer um for like i said a statewide publication in utah and i was covering a festival a music festival that they were playing in and the music festival uh the, the my editor came up to me and said before the music festival okay you need to read about this band because you're going to be covering them with the night that i was i was doing because it was a four day festival so we each had it broken up so my night one of the bands was black Pussy, and he's like listen you really really need to read about this band you really need to understand what you're getting into because we're going to ask you something specific because usually whenever i'd do an article they'd let me kind of go on my own free will but this one they were looking for something a little bit more specific so i read about them and at that time it was yeah there was a huge controversy about their name and the funny thing is is at that time they were getting a lot of support from the music industry like there was a picture floating around of uh, madonna in one of their shirts. And there were a few other high profile musicians that were wearing their shirts because it was solidarity. And it was first amendment and it was rock and roll cuz Black Pussy is a, a 1970s influenced stoner rock band. Yeah, they're not they're not yelly, they're not screamy, they're not the the aggressive metal. They're just like 70s rock. Like if you liked imagine if you liked bands like Uriah Heep and took out the keyboards um and a little bit of Oh gosh, that the flavor of that time, and yeah, you'd, you'd you'd have exactly what they are. So, the controversy stemmed from the fact that uh, the vocalist and mastermind Dustin had made a comment about being a huge fan of the Rolling Stones. The Rolling Stones have a song called Brown Sugar, which is a song about raping slaves. Oh my God! <laughs> I, that's what
1: that's about. Yeah. I've never, I've never actually listened to that song. Yeah, if you. But add- that was horrifying.
0: Yeah, if you, that's the thing is they don't really play it live anymore, mm-hmm. like you don't see it in commercials. Yeah, because people yeah, because the internet became a thing and people were able to read the lyrics and were like, Oh my god, they were they had your reaction. They had your exact oh, reaction. <laughs> <laughs> and so what happened was though, the original version of that song was called Black Pussy.
1: This is all starting to make more sense.
0: Yeah, and so the the some rock critic or some some press took it and ran with it and said that that was the influence of their band name and so therefore they support the raping of slaves and, and racism oh my god yeah S- and I was reading about this, and I'm like, "Oh my God, I have to like, cover this band." What am ban- I
1: getting into?
0: Yeah, what what the hell is going? I mean, it was cool to see that because the the music community always stood by each other. Like when Eminem was getting his crap in 1999, like everybody came out. Like it was not about your genre. It was yeah,
1: because if it affects one, even if you're not in the same genre, it's it's gonna it's gonna trickle through everywhere.
0: Yeah, I, it's gonna do that, and so every. It, however uh, so at that time a lot of solidarity and they tell me look we want you to include some information um about this you know about the controversy so forth and so on um and so i ended up uh reviewing them i wrote the piece and then the editor read it and he's like we like it but actually we decided to go we decided to go in a different direction redo the introduction so i did that and i got it back to him and it was published
1: what direction did they want to take out the controversy
0: Yeah, they they wanted it to be more about the music itself.
1: Oh, good. I like that they corrected themselves because the music should speak for itself.
0: Yeah, yeah. And so they were that was their thing is they they didn't. They were like, you know what? Let's just get this. uh, Let's just focus on the music. Everything is going to be fine. Just do that. So I read the introduction. Everything went well. It was great. So um, fast forward a few years and I'm doing um, PR. I mean, I'm still doing music journalism, but I've already um, helped one band out. I've, you know, I've got some experience into it and I was reviewing Black Pussy again. They were playing another show in uh, Salt Lake. And so I made it a point always when I would review to get there way early so I could talk to everybody, just so I could learn whatever I could. Dustin was there and he didn't have a PR guy or a PR person because the controversy when I was reviewing them originally was so much that they had a uh, female uh, public relations specialist and she dipped. Oh, wow. Yeah, she's like, I can't be associated. Like, even though she knew that the band wasn't that way, she's like, I can't be associated with this. Just
1: because of the controversy.
0: Well, yeah, and just online pressures and things like that. And yeah, I mean, it, I <laughs> I was naive. Yeah, I was naive in thinking exactly how that was gonna go. So. Dustin got with me, they needed somebody, they put me into it. Um, It was just for one album and one tour, for the Power Album and Power Tour. The things he said were, you know, standard, we're not changing our name, we wanna use your contacts, this and that, let's, let's, you know, just spread as much information as possible. So we do that. About the time the tour starts, they start, the clubs that they're gonna be playing in are starting to get threats from social justice warriors. Oh man. We're talking very specific kinds of threats, very... Like
1: to the facility or to, like, the people?
0: Uh, some of them would say things like, if you let this band play, we are going to beat up every one of your staff. Oh. Um, there would be some that said things like, if you let this band play, we're going to burn your club down. If you let this band play, we're going to kill you. And so I I was reading this information. I'm like, okay. So me being the kind of person I am, I called. <laughs> I, I called them um, entertainment terrorists. <laughs> okay. In the next, I, and I, I showed Dustin, he knew what I was writing. Um, and I called them, yeah, terrorists. I was like, basically what they're doing is they're using illegal tactics to try and enforce what it is that they think is correct or what their perception of correct is. And to me, if you're willing to kill another human being because you perceive something is right, that's terrorism. If you're gonna break the law, burning down a building because of something whether again it's right or wrong if you feel to the point where you're going to do that that's for an ideal it's just terrorism and no, that's I completely agree with that so i present i presented that information it went out and i yeah i got death threats oh no because I was using my um my initials and stuff. They are
1: like you're thinking that we're terrorists. Okay, well, we're going to kill you too. Yeah,
0: they're like we're you're lucky that you use like a, a different name because if we knew who you were, we would kill you. Like you're lucky you're not touring with the Bambi. Be- just proving your point. <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Oh my god. Yeah, I, I mean I they they were really more so if we ever see you on tour or if we see this or that, we're we're going to we'll take you down." But it and, and nothing ever materialized out of it, but that mm-hmm. was the one thing. The other thing was like you the 2016 election. Mm-hmm. As soon as the information came out on WikiLeaks about the DNC trying to shade as much information as they possibly could and putting the debates and doing various other things to where it would guarantee that Clinton would be the victor. I that's that's when I was done.
1: That's when like the glass broke for me. Yeah. I was, I was very upset. Oh, there was,
0: there was a, uh, yeah, there was a glass ceiling. Like, it, it's so funny because everybody said Clinton was going to break the, the ceiling. Well, she broke the, she broke the glass ceiling in the fact of, like, it's, it's so beyond the pale. Mm-hmm. It's just gross. Like,
1: it is because I. I know I'm independent, but I really do think that Bernie could have done some good. Yeah, he does have some radical ideas, but I mean, not every politician's perfect, but the way that they didn't even give him an opportunity.
0: Well, yeah, because, and that's the thing that really floored me was in every single poll. From they day had Bernie one Bernie
1: squashing Trump.
0: Yeah, they, they showed Bernie would destroy Trump. Yep. Every like like not destroy Trump like all the polls showed Clinton would and then eventually it just didn't pan out that like like no, his lead was such in every poll that even if it became a fiasco like the Clinton campaign did, it, he still would have won. Yeah. And and they were just so, <laughs> so concerned about making her the first female president i mean did she have the credentials yeah she
1: definitely she, had the credentials i will give her that
0: yeah i i mean it, it's not like it would be because like uh, as i've said before biden is not mentally fit to run be the, the reality presidency star who
1: starred in the apprentice i mean i don't know that yeah credentials better than like former what was it secretary of state
0: yeah or was she yeah she was a secretary she was uh uh senator for new york and then she mm-hmm. was a secretary of state but the thing is the last two presidents have been mentally unfit she was at least mentally fit she might have been evil yeah, she's totally well, I'm not evil. She's a good person. <laughs> no, 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 no. She Please. Just
1: <laughs> was not in mental decline.
0: No, yeah, she, that's the thing. She's very
1: if, sharp. I think that's the right word sharp. Yeah, she
0: and, was incredible. So she would have been more mentally fit, yes. But again, that wouldn't have made her any less evil. So you may go to our website and think that we are ultra liberal just from reading the titles because of how anti conservative slant a lot of the titles and articles are. But the, the thing you have to remember with the Democrats is they are sly. Like, they're more about the long game, you know, that they're they're more about you. They're more about the minutia. It's like with the Build Back Better and things like that. You have to take a moment to stop. You have to take a, a moment to look at all of every little bit in piece. And so because of that, it's like unless they screw up like Pelosi. Oh, Jesus, like, I really don't like Nancy Pelosi.
1: I used to like her and i i'm kind of i i used to i don't i can't anymore i can't yeah when i was her. she's very hypocritical
0: oh god yeah i mean when when <laughs> when i was i was drinking the kool aid i loved Pelosi. but now just what everything basically 20 2014 2015 i don't know maybe it was perception maybe it was the timing but the party is just just fallen into crap like Pelosi are you kidding me the the whole thing with her scandals involving her husband and the um oh gosh the stock market
1: that is what did it for me I was like really really
0: like do you not do you not understand, like you have a direct influence, I mean, yes, she has since changed her viewpoint, but there 's not been really any serious legislation that 's made hay enough to where it 's going to pass through all three phases in order to or, yeah, the Senate, the House, and the presidency to become law so it's it's it 's a great talking point, and yeah, she may have shifted her position, but i 've not seen anything come of that, and it 's just really sickening at the fact. That these individuals, especially Pelosi and her husband, are able to make so much money off of the stock market when they have such a capability of impacting it.
1: Well, it's like what you said—that it's a great talking point. They—they they definitely can talk. They can talk circles around people. They can talk the talk, but are their actions don't always back it up?
0: No. Yeah. No. You—you you are definitely correct on that. And then there's going to be some more research done on this, but um, there was an article. Oh gosh, I'm forgetting who it's by, but uh, AOC. Alexandria Cortez, she, she broke my heart because like she, she toes, you know, she pisses off Pelosi and I think that there's a certain rebelliousness to that that I enjoy. I, I do
1: like AOC.
0: I know, I know. I really do. I know, and I just, I, I that's the thing is I do too, but I, I'm trying to figure out why. Like, is <laughs> it because she pisses off the, the, you know, she pisses off mom and dad, so we like her because she's very rock and roll. Like, is that, is that the reason? I don't know. She
1: like, okay, I, I, you know, she came from, like she was a waitress, you know? Like she was just like a working, like she was a hustler, you know? And she wanted to see change. So she's like, you know what, I'm gonna do it.
0: Yeah, yeah, no. And that's the thing is there was a quote recently that she made where she was complaining about the fact Mm -hmm. that on her salary, it's in the article, the the exact source, and I'm, I'm drawing a blank on it, however, as a, as somebody who is in the United States government, she makes one hundred and seventy-four thousand off of that, and she was complaining. One hundred
1: seventy-four thousand
0: annually. One hundred and seventy-four thousand annually, right? So think about that for a second. She was complaining about having to pay for two residents, and a, and I understand uh, New York and also Washington D.C. are very expensive, but to me, a hundred—I've never, I can't even fathom making one hundred and seventy-four thousand a year.
1: No. That is insane. That's an insane amount of money. I've and never seen that. like
0: us, like... Yeah, I've never... I mean, I, I've never seen that much, like... And to think, oh, I've got to pay for two. Okay, that and some other things, which there will be an, an article eventually about on IndieTruther.com, um, that will go into that and some other things a little bit more in depth. And it's like, man, everybody changes. Once you get into Washington, things just change. And so that and that's the thing is I there are a lot of negative things about the part uh, the the different pieces and different people that are involved in the Democratic Party and that's the thing is because of that sometimes they'll screw up sometimes Pelosi will screw up sometimes Biden will uh, God Biden every time he makes a speech he screws up <laughs> Jesus just oh.
1: he's doing his best but it's it's a little embarrassing
0: it's so bad
1: it's bad it's bad
0: it it's so bad, it's just it's just not good, and so th- that's the thing is, but they're more about the long game, like build back better, all right. I could have written about that eight hundred times already. It's gone through different processes, been kicked from here to there to everywhere, right? And I knew that initially when the proposal came out that it was not going to look anything like it ended up looking like.
1: Oh no, it was it was vastly different.
0: Yeah, and so that's the thing is with the Democrats, you got to wait until stuff kind of goes through. Um, you have to wait until it's all done, then look at all of the facts and statistics and everything, and especially the Congressional Budget Office scores and things like that to find oh, yeah, out. Yeah,
1: because they'll tell you anything you want to get you to vote on it, but then once like then they'll make changes and stuff along the way, so what you actually it's actually supposed to be there.
0: Yeah, yeah, and so that's why with them there you have to look at the nuggets, you have to look at the bits and pieces of each of it because there that's where that's where things get hidden. Unless of course, like I said, Pelosi or whatever screws up. You know, it, it. <laughs> so now the thing is, is as I'd mentioned earlier that I do care about, I mean, there are some things that I do agree with when it comes to the Democratic Party, right? So this may surprise some, but one of my favorite human beings on the planet is a guy by the name of Jim Cornette.
1: Jim Cornette.
0: He he is an American author. He is a podcaster. He was, in my opinion, the greatest professional wrestling manager ever in the history of the quote-unquote sport. But <laughs> I I love the guy, and he's just hilarious. Well, one of the things you come to find out is for a period of time, Wendy's had a sandwich called the T-Rex. Have you ever heard of the T-Rex?
1: The T-Rex? What was it, a hamburger? Like a T-Rex burger?
0: It was. <laughs> it was a hamburger that started out regionally. And it ended up going nationwide, but it went away pretty quickly because of of what it was. It had 24 patties of beef, 24 slices of cheese, and all the toppings, the lettuce, tomatoes, mayo, ketchup, Jesus, onions, who all needs that.
1: needs that much food? <laughs> is it just a novelty?
0: I don't know if it was more of a novelty. I think just the amount of time it took to make and everything is what eventually killed it. But um, Cornette had went and had this sandwich on a couple of occasions and his feelings about this specific burger is the same exact way I feel about the democratic party.
1: I'm, in, I'm very intrigued. Please continue.
0: It's um, he said, I don't have a problem with the, the, the sandwich itself. Like the volume, the, the meat, the cheese, like, I don't have a problem with the sandwich. I have a problem with its construction. Because how, with all of those slick toppings and the cheese, it's just gonna, it's, it's gonna like blow out. Yeah, it's gonna blow out all over the place. That's the thing is with the Democratic Party, I don't have a problem with their social issues. I just have a problem with their construction of their policies.
1: Okay, yeah. Okay. I, bravo for tying those together. <laughs> bravo.
0: Because seriously, I, again, I I I get their social initiatives. I really do because, like. Since the late, I, when I was younger, when I was 19, and my then girlfriend was 18, long time readers of the site will know this, that I went through an adoption. And because of the fact that at the time I was living in Wyoming, and I had been raised in Utah in very conservative places, me and my then girlfriend decided to adopt specifically to a gay couple. This was the late 90s. We had decided to go through the adoption. We went through a friend, but we went specifically for a gay couple because, at that time in the late 90s, I mean, Ellen had just come out on TV, and and like, shock waves were being sent everywhere. And gay couples in California. And it's
1: becoming more accepted.
0: Yeah, yeah. And my thing was, you know what? I want to prove to the next generation that yeah, it doesn't matter if you have two dads or not. If you're raised by a caring family, you're going to come out a decent human being. Yeah. And so yeah, I put my money where my mouth is. And we went through and that's why also, if you go to our website and our resources section, another part of the Democratic Party that I agree with is pro-choice. And that's why if you go to our resources section on IndieTruther.com, it actually has both the information to contact Planned Parenthood, also the National Council for Adoption. So if you go to the... That's why when I say I'm pro-choice, I mean all choices because I went the pro-life way and went through adoption, but that doesn't mean that what I did with my life is going to work for everyone.
1: Well, yeah. What works for you may not work for somebody. You were at a different point in your life. Your girlfriend was at a point where she could carry full term. Yeah. You know, not everybody can has a luxury, I'm not gonna say it's a luxury, but has the ability to be in that situation.
0: Yeah, and and because it was, yeah, two dads, like they, they weren't gonna be able to have a child of their own, so we uh, we ended up going through that, and uh, it was a very positive experience, but if somebody wants to do the opposite, you know, hey, contact Planned Parenthood, do what you need to do, no judgments. I don't care. Like, I, just because I made a specific choice in my life doesn't mean that my choice is right for every other human person.
1: Exactly. Everybody should be able to have... I'm very pro-choice as well. Um, if, you know, you have the right to choose what you do with yourself.
0: Yeah, and so there, that's the thing, is there are a lot of elements to the Democratic Party that I do really, really agree with. And that is actually going to segue and lead us to next week's podcast. Uh, it is going to be about the LGBTQ plus community Um, more specifically looking at some of the legislation in various states like Florida and Texas
1: Florida that don't say gay bill just passed
0: yeah it's it's so bad like there's some Republican responses I want to look at um, and some other thing as well but yeah there's in Texas Florida there have been some some recent legislation and, and things that that need to, to really be kind of dissected and see what the the unintended consequences of those could be
1: and i'm very passionate about this as a member of the community myself i'm i'm excited to see how what, how we're gonna we're gonna tackle this
0: yeah it's it's gonna be interesting and yeah next week uh, even though this was loosely based again off of 40 years of democrat Hypocrisies which you can read now at indietruther.com. Uh, next week is going to be more focused on one to two specific articles just because this is something that affects millions of people and I it's something that I, I kind of want to delve into and look at. But thank you so much today, though, uh, for joining us on You Can't Handle the Truther. I'm Anton Sawyer.
1: And I'm Nicole West. Um, please make sure to follow us on Twitter at indietruther. And if you want, like Anton had mentioned, visit IndieTruther.com and you can read a slightly different take on today's topic on Democrat hypocrisies.
0: Yeah, and while you're there, make sure to check out the Debunking U section because, like myself, you may learn something or nothing. All right, cool. See you next week.